RPS powered by Seat. Hello and welcome to Line Noise. It's our 50th episode. We couldn't be more excited. We started in January 2016. David Bowie had just died. We were all depressed, but luckily Matt Moss had a washing machine to cheer us up. Over the years, we've interviewed loads of people. Jaylin, Olga Bell, Hieroglyphic Bing, Rabbit, Louis Vega, Fotec, etc, etc. Philip Sherbin left for a glamorous radio job. Brackbury came on board with his Iberian Duke. And for our 50th episode, we want to ask, in a sort of friendly way, what is the point of Line noise what's the point of music journalism as a whole what's the point of talking about electronic music can you talk about electronic music if you don't go to nightclubs can you enjoy music for young people if you are the wrong side of 30 but don't get depressed pal don't get depressed <laughs> hello, we're also going to be playing sorry but i've gotten a rant hello pal how are you hi well we turned 40 all of us so yeah we're here David hasn't. He's he's on the the right hand side. Um, we're going to be playing lots of music by people who excite us into 2020 and beyond. And we're going to start out with a banger off the new Fabric compilation. I like to, it's sort of a bit of a weird banger. Um, have a listen, see what you think. This is Mantra with Embers.
Mantra with Embers there. Pal Bradbury, what do you reckon to that? I like it. I like it because it's uh, it's like mm, nostalgic uh, drum and bassy sounding, which I love. Which is you know it's my thing from when I was young. Um, yeah, we're gonna start talking about when we were young, are we? <laughs> I, okay. Is that the point? Well, on music? Saying, no, no. Well, the, the, well, maybe it is. But this was like bring us into the future. She's the new resident of Fabric. She's on this Twenty Years of Fabric um, album. And what I really like about that is it's sort of drum and bass, but it's got a weird rhythm. You know, it's like that dum dum dum. You know, not the standard drum bass rhythm, and it's kind of pitched it's down. It's a slow one. Yeah, it's one of those tracks you hear first. You're like, ah, oh, it's really, really an interesting mixture of things. Yeah, it's so interesting to see like younger kids now like reinterpret things that we old people know by heart, which is like all these patterns, like drum and bass, aim and break patterns, really sped sped up. Which so it's really nice to see these new readings. So, pal, you you're a musician. I am right. From a musician's perspective, from uh, a producer, what's the point of line noise, pal? What's, what's the <laughs> what's, point? What's the point? <laughs> I mean, um, I think it's well. I could just go on to my rant now. It would be very long, but um, and I'm standing here halfway in the middle because I'm I'm I started to work as a like of a PR. Um, I, I wouldn't say journalist because I, I am no journalist, but yeah, like promoting stuff. So I'm halfway there in the middle. But as a musician, I mean, it's so important nowadays to filter out, you know, handpicked stuff that you might, um, you know, get to deliver to people. Uh, everyone's like locked into their f- their feeds of information. No one really visits any homepages anymore, I guess. So if you can like get, get something out that's, you know, that you know, you get some, you get your attention to it. It's it's that, I mean, that's what we're doing here. We're like selecting music that we like and, you know, presenting it. All right. What so else could it be? W- well, exactly. Um, as a musician, right, what hmm. do you make of music journalism? What I make? Yeah, do you do you like it? Do you think it's in a good standard? What do you reckon? Go on, you can, you can, you can vent here if you want. So... Uh, just to put it simple, if you have a good story, as usual, and in, in you know in journalism we have, if you come up with a good story for an artist, that's like even bigger than the you know the music itself. What, what you're saying is basically that you find that sometimes the story comes across more than the music, right? Yeah, even age, for instance, like super young kids doing great things that we couldn't be doing, you know, in our age because we we didn't have no internet, no tutorials, no anything. So these kids are really well prepared now, and you know. 13, 14, 15 years of age, you can just, you know, conquer the world musically. Well, no, this is something we're going on to. I love the way, actually, that electronic music has become a lot more internationalized, you know, because when um, we were younger, it was like, well, you might listen to British or American or, whoa, French, you know, that was like incredible. And it wasn't until, I don't know, like the 2000s or something that you started listening to Brazilian and South African and and various Mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. and we've got a really, really, really good example of this. A singer, songwriter, rapper, house and technology from Seoul. What do you want to say, pal? Yeah, let me just say one more thing, you know, about this. Um, as a musician, as you mentioned, um, when I started out, like, my, some of, like, having to write to journalists, um, I had to, for instance, maybe, like, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I had to go and write an email and saying, hey, this is... Pau, Giamino, whatever, from Barcelona. And this was like kind of like sounding so so exotic. Like, oh, Barcelona. So I'm, I, I was just trying, to, you know, my aim was that the journalist was reading the word Barcelona. And he was like, okay, so I'm going to just take a listen to this because it's coming from Barcelona, which was my was one of my assets there, being from Barcelona was a good thing. Nowadays, this is, you know, non-relevant at all, I guess, because as, as we, uh, we're saying here, it's also globalized. It's really nice, like, I mean, the exoticness has gone down a little bit more, like, gone of Barcelona. down south. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Barcelona is like, yeah, Barcelona operator. I, I mean, okay, it's fine. It's sonar, whatever. But, you know, it's been changing. And I think the exoticness has moved way out further, as you mentioned, like maybe Brazil or maybe South Africa or maybe way even more down. I mean, I think even ex- exoticness is a, is a tricky term, you know, mm. because it, that that's kind of used as almost to show that something's very... Uh, 
I don't know. I suppose it's only exotic from our perspective, isn't it? You know, from our perspective. Yeah, for our perspective, of course. I mean, we, we should say, just to be sure, that we're, we're, like, we're all absolutely in favour of like lots of different people around the world and young people, etc., being electronic music, like 100%. And this is someone who's absolutely um, brilliant, uh, really, really brilliant example. Of someone um, I only recently discovered, in fact, just last week, Park Hai Jin. Hmm. Um, she uh, raised in Seoul, Korean singer, etc., etc. Um, and we're going to listen to her how uh, to her song with Baltra. This is ahead of time. Edit. It's gorgeous. <laughs> and Park Hai Jin ahead of time edit um, and I'm very glad to say we have been joined by Philip Sherburn how are you doing Philip? Hi guys I'm great thanks Hi. I would say it's, it's really good to have you on uh, Line Noise's 50th episode I was just saying earlier we started back in January 2016 and you've gone off to glamorous radio positions since then and, and <laughs> moved That's house right. um, but I'm very glad we've got you here and Philip I want to ask you quite honestly th- this is what we're asking for our 50th uh, edition what's the point of Line Noise what's the point Philip 
<laughs> what's the point of light noise as as a as a as a place to hear new mu- new music as a as an outlet for journalism, I guess I could, I could ask what's the point of music journalism as a whole in two thousand and nineteen. Well, I, I can... mean, if you I I've kind of always thought it's pretty simple. If you like talking about music, then then that's what music journalism is. I mean, it's you know that people say, oh, you know, in, in this day and age when you can hear hear anything at the click of a button, you don't need reviews anymore. But I you know I don't. I don't really think that way. I think that music journalism is just an extension of the desire to, to talk about music and talk about art. And it's an extension of the conversations you have with your friends on a Friday night before you, out to, before you go out to the club. And it doesn't really matter if it's in print or on the web or on the radio. It's just, you know, it's conversation and enthusiasm and sometimes, you know, slagging things off. And, uh, it, you know, it's pretty simple. D- despite all of, you know, there's, despite the fact that, yes, you could theoretically listen to anything at the touch of a button, like you're not going to find out about the majority of it unless somebody recommends it to you. So I don't know. Mm, I think it's pretty yeah. simple. We need so, some context as well. Yeah, right. context. And, yeah. Something I, I want to ask. I know this is something we've discussed before, um, but we're all of of a certain age, and none of us goes to nightclubs very often, and yet we all <laughs> write about old. Str- <laughs> not too old. We're nice and mature. Um, and but like. Uh, Philip, you and I write about electronic music. Powell makes it. Um, is it a problem? All right, we we all know electronic music originated pretty much in 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 clubs. House and techno originated in clubs. Is it a problem that we don't really go to clubs? I I, I mean, of course, I'm I'm biased. I have a professional I have professional reasons for saying no. There's nothing wrong with it at all because I want to remain gainfully employed. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I do think it's important to. I think if you if you're not going out to clubs at least every now and then you're missing something of, um, you know, the context of things. And I, you know, I know you do you do in fact go out. We, we, we occasionally go out together. Um, <laughs> Ever so occasionally. If you're not going out, there, you know, there are things that you're going to kind of miss on, miss out on. You know, certain anthems that that hit certain styles of DJing. That said, um, you know. There's so many things happening. I think if there's any kind of story of the last decade, it's just been, you know, this increasing fragmentation in terms of people have always said that about dance music, but in terms of, you know, sounds and scenes and regions and cities and communities and nobody can really see all of it. Hmm. Uh, And at the same time, you know, between SoundCloud and things like Boiler Room and the mix columns that are all over the place, I do one. Um, you know, it is possible to get a pretty good idea of what's what's happening in clubs on the ground at the grassroots these days. And I think um, in some ways, you know, club culture is more accessible than ever, or at least the sound of club culture is more accessible than ever to people who, for whatever reason, um, don't get the opportunity to go out very often. I, I want to ask as well, like what, what, obviously without naming names, well, you can name names if you like, but um what annoys you about music journalism? Um, if you like, I'll, I'll start off. I get I get very annoyed. I think um, by the, the the whole. Well, one thing that particularly annoys me, one practice that's going for is people like sites where they make you kind of charge. Uh, they they charge people to have track previews and that kind of thing. In fact, the whole track preview, video preview, drove me absolutely up the wall. Philip, you used to have that uh, on your Twitter, didn't it? Like, tw- uh, yeah, I tweet. did because when I was at, um, I think when I was at Spin, we did a lot of premieres, and and so I I fielded a lot of those, um, you know, solicitations from publicists or whatever. And then at some point, I think we stopped doing them when I was there. Or maybe it's when I went to Pitchfork. Anyway, at some point I stopped doing premieres and I was thrilled because it was it was kind of like bottom of the barrel. It was just content. It was an easy way for um, publications to get some content up. It was an easy way for publicists to promote their, um, their releases. You know, it kind of happened in the vacuum that came after people stopped running record reviews, you know. Um, Pitchfork is one of the last places that really puts a lot of um, emphasis on record reviews. So does Resident Advisor. Um, DJ Mag and Mix Mag do some reviews as well, but it's not quite as as extensive. And especially as single and EP reviews kind of went the way the Dodo t- premieres came up in their 
in their place. But premieres aren't really critical. Mm -hmm. Premieres are just sort of mutual back scratching. Uh, and I, I have heard rumors that some websites, in fact, charge for premieres. That is, they ask the artist or the publicist to pay them uh. um, money to post the, the song, which is a reprehensible and unethical practice. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of them at all. I have my annoying story well, on the musician side. Go on. Which is the PR agencies, which I used... Um, I mainly use them twice, and you get these. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them. I guess so, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you get these um, reviews from them when you like, you know, you put some money for for release, and they just you know move it around, and you get these reviews. Uh, well, these yeah, well these um, files where you can see like all the feedback from you know from the people that has your record has reached to, and there was this. Uh, it's kind of like. Um, popular you know among the people that i've been talking about about this um earlier but there's one particular review which is uh the download downloaded for richie houghton one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's at first when you first you know when you first read that one if you're totally you know new to this you get like oh really i mean <laughs> you tend to believe it it's like if it's like a preset there for the pr agencies in their in their reviews because it's always there and you know second time around you you read that it's like okay yeah you know, i know it <laughs> philip i, I want to ask you something so you um used to make music maybe you still do um if you released a new record next week would you read the reviews <laughs> yeah, I probably would. I'm, I'm, I'm un, unable to to kind of quash that curiosity. Um, so, do you, do you read like negative feedback of your of your work? Um, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, with Twitter, it's kind of impossible not to <laughs> because people will tag you, um, you know. And and I'm not above googling myself. Um, you you know? can filter the the uh, replies now, though, Philip. You know, What's Twitter's that? gonna is gonna have this feature now. We can we can just you know mute or just you know, uh, you know make not people see that if you if you wish. So I mean that would be useful in certain <laughs> cases. I mean there there are times that the feedback verges on abuse. I for once some com some tweet I made got picked up by Fox News and, and it was like three days of just vitriol from trolls mag maga judge, <sighs> basically. Um, but yeah, I would I would probably read the. The reviews i would try not to put too much stock in the in the dumb ones but a tweet you'd made about music got picked up by fox news no 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 I, all right I, I even, it was some just politics something dumb some something tossed off um i want to ask as well you uh if you look on your for your name on google which i just thought i would do um it comes out that you invented the term micro house yeah, that was a long time ago. That was like 2001, I think, in a Ooh. term in the in a, a feature in the Wire that uh, I probably would have written very differently if I did it today. But I was I'd only been publishing for about three years at that point. Do you know how jealous that makes me? I would love to come up with a term that's actually used. I think that's. Have you ever tried it again? I don't. I don't think I have. Um, you know, I'm no Simon Reynolds, unfortunately. I got lucky once, but I don't know if I have any more in me. I got to say, when he came up with that recent term, I've I've forgotten the name. What was it he he came up Conceptronica? with? When he came up Conce with Conceptronica, I was like, damn! But these tags are good. I mean, I like those. I mean, uh, it's, do you like concept the idea? Yeah, I like I like tags, and yeah, I think it's a good thing. I use them all the time. Like you know, when you want to try and describe something, it's it's really useful just to throw you know a word and you see if people picks it up or not. What was it's, the it's last really creative. Good one that you've seen? It's been a while since I've heard a good sort of neologism well I, I think it was conceptronica i haven't heard a great one yeah but the last good oh. one i said remember the witch house one. Oh, remember witch we talked house. about that one oh, my. earlier in an earlier show i think but that's the thing there hasn't been i mean correct me if i'm wrong but there hasn't been like a really big kind of new music has there i mean what was after witch house there was all that deep tech stuff that was a few years going around i could never quite yeah. work out what it was um, but didn't I mean, they're like deconstructed club. Nobody ever came up with a better word for that, which seems like that was kind of an obvious, uh, an obvious opportunity that just like went unmet. And there's the broader one, like the the big room one, which is like you know, 
just gets everything inside. Big room, yeah. Big room. It's like, it, this is big room. Like, kind of like saying something, it's mainstream, I guess. Yeah. For the yeah. club. Well, Philip, it's been absolutely... Business abs- techno. Business oh, techno. business techno. Oh, business oh, I was tech. so wow. jealous when they came up with that That's as well. One. Yeah, I've been trying to use that ever since. And... <laughs> Look, Philip, I know you've got loads and loads of things to go and do, um, but it's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Um, I, I'm glad you, you've come up with a point for, for music journalism. I'm into it. Um, we asked you for something new for 2020. You came up with Beatrice Dillon Workaround 2. Uh, do you want to give us a quick introduction? Yeah, I mean, Beatrice Dillon, I've been following her work for, for a couple of years now. Um, a lot of the stuff she's done... Uh, th- that I've heard of hers has been in conjunction with Rupert Clairvaux, I think is how you pronounce his name. Yeah. Um, it's quite experimental. It's it's kind of it's very much on the fringes of, of dance music. It's, it's more sort of experimental electronic, but with elements of techno and dance in it. And this new album she's got um, coming up on the Pan label um, uh, out of Berlin in, in February, I think, is the wildest and the best thing I've heard from her yet. Um, the one track that's been released so far, Workaround 2, it starts off sounding like maybe SND or Aerosmith. It's got that mm. like very sterile kind of precision, no reverb at all, very dry. And then there's saxophone enters the mix. It's kind of an Ethio jazz thing. Uh, there's a synth riff, like the Apple ringtone. Um, Laurel Halo's got some vocals in there. Uh, I guess the whole album was very, very collaborative. Um, there's pedal steel. There's tabla. Uh, there's a Senegalese Kora player. Um, it's just like a real hodgepodge of elements and all kind of streamlined into this very sort of lithe rhythmic post techno shape and it's very interesting and unlike anything else out there perfect well philip we'll see you for uh episode 100 that sounds good all, all right, right. Thanks, guys. cheers and happy birthday there Take, thank you <laughs> take care
Beatrice Dillon work around cool. too. That was lovely. Mm. All right, pal, I'm, I'm still trying to, to make you furious, all right? Make me furious as a musician. Exactly. Criticizing music journalism. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting. I'm trying to poke all of the, the right bit. Okay, so, so you are a very good producer. You know how to produce lots of things. Do you think journalists should know the fundamentals of how music is made? Stroke, does it annoy you when someone gets something wrong with like, oh, that was a lovely 303 line? You're like, duh, it's an 808. <laughs> oh, I have, I have a memory for that, if you Yeah, yeah, me. of course. I released one record once. Which was all produced um, with a with a um, Casio 5000, Casio CZ 5000, which is an old piece from the 80s. Right. You know, Jean Michel Jarre used it. It was is kind of like a classic synthesizer from the 80s. And this particular like, particular jur- journalist, which I'm not gonna, I'm, I know him. I've been knowing him for years. The, the thing here in Barcelona is like you get so local, you you get to know yeah. all the journalists here, and then you like meet meet them at shows and. I once was with some journalists and, and they were you know, we were watching a show together with them. <laughs> you know, they were criticizing the, the artists on stage at the very same moment with me on the side. I was like, you don't have to really do this with me here. I and mean, I don't want to know what do you think about this guy. <laughs> I but like the, him. <laughs> the, one, of, one of these journalists, like he published a review for, for this particular record of mine, which was made with a CZ5000. And it was all, of course, intended to sound really crappy 80 right. style synthesizer thing came you know this kind of sounds what you know synthetic and electronic and 80s sounding and he just didn't get it and this guy was you know he must have been like 30 something in the 80s so he should have known and he was like no this you know this record sounded kind of crappy and you know not really well played whatever and i i thought it just he just didn't get the thing but then a month after, this other journalist, um, you know, he released another review on Rock Deluxe. I must say, I, I can say that because it's a good one. Right, right, right. <laughs> and he just totally contradicted the other journalist. So he read the previous right, right. review and he said, no, as somebody said, it's not that it's not well executed or, or bad sounding. It's just, you know, the 80s. Uh, you know, classic sound of the CZ five thousand. So what I was really glad, right? That, that this particular, this you know. So as for your question, this they should know some about you know music or production or at least, as you said, instruments. So this is something that that um, I find very interesting, which is kind of like the background a little bit. You said this bloke was in his thirties, uh, in the eighties or something like that. He, sh- he should have known about it. Should have known about it. Yeah. I sometimes wonder. Right, I'm largely writing about. Um, electronic music which grew up um in detroit and chicago uh you know largely in the black clubs there right um neither city of which i've been to Mm. i'm a white bloke from scotland via norwich and i sometimes wonder like well what what do i bring to it you know i sometimes wonder if that's in terms of criticizing i mean yeah yeah why why should i be writing about this jeff mills record or something like that yeah that's something you know, as you mentioned, Detroit and the, all the whole UR thing. Um, you know, maybe if you were thinking about some UR stuff. Yeah. You know, that's one particular thing, and we've played this UR records here, and I love UR, of course, now. But you know, maybe um, I could relate to what you're saying as a white guy from Barcelona as well. Like, as you know, listening to these records. Um, you know, when when my particular. Uh, taste on some of the records, like when you, when they mix jazz and and techno, and they to me they were sometimes a little, they were sounding a little corny on their on their you know their melodies and stuff. So it's something I just cannot relate because I'm not from from that you know from that place from that particular place. So these guys really feel it, and once you go there, which I've been, then you kind of like you know all the things you know put together well and you just you get to understand why are they doing this and maybe from Barcelona you wouldn't just you know love it that much I mean I think it's great do you get me I I totally get you no that I think it's great that there's more people from different sort of backgrounds coming to write about music as well I think my my uh answer to this is you know you just I I try to think very much about what I'm doing and who I am when I'm doing it and also so I also go from this perspective I've got you know because there are certain things in electronic music that I was present for. Like, uh, mm. I was in Paris for a lot of the, the French uh, touch stuff. I was in, you know, Britain clubbing in the mid to late 90s. So that's kind of... I, I 
something you know well. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I feel that I can talk about um, with authority. And I guess, you know, an underground resistance record, I just have to come up from the perspective of I've listened to a lot of their records. I, I really like it, um, which is where I'm going. But uh-huh. So you... Um, or for instance, another example, if you, you know, if you, ha- if you would have to explain or write about like electronic music being made in Barcelona now, there's so many things, but then you get like some specific artists that I would like maybe if we have time to play out that how do you explain that properly so people you know it's so specific and you what what I have in my head when you know when I listen to those guys and what they say and how do they you know the titles that they put to the songs etc in all their context how do you get to you know explain that in a proper way so anybody you know from Australia or any any other place finds it appealing that's like the challenge for a music journalist I guess because there's the music and then there's the words to the music, right? I'm interested. You've released um, music on Iberian Duke, the yes, label. once. Words, twice, yeah. Um, obviously, Duke, again, is another sort of black American type mm-hmm. of music. Um, again, how do, you, how do you feel about it? Do you, do you think that what you do is like an Iberian take on it? Do you think it's... Not my particular one, but then these guys, I mean, as you mentioned this, uh, Iberian Duke has, um, have taken into this uh, super group um, which is all like Andalusian bread, which is called Califato three three Califato three four, and that's something that's very specific to the you know to the territory to the land, which is in this case Andalusia, which is where they're from. So not me, but spe- uh, specifically them. That would be a good example, like something that's an an Iberian take or Spanish take on you know electronic or in this case juke or ghetto juke ghetto house music mixed up with some lots of things as well I think it's about this point that I should make my regular um, reminder of the fabulous work of Sardana House oh yes please that that was once produced (laughs) uh, by by someone Sardana is a local Catalan (laughs) dance and uh, it's really slow and it's really you know that's really exotic that's exotic yeah, me. and some Still. Catalan producer, some <laughs> devious Catalan producer, made a Sardana house. It's the most Catalan thing I think I've yeah. ever listened to. And I've, like, I'm not a fan of Sardanas, right? I got to say, but this this song is is great. That's a good one. Yeah, thanks. As if, as if we're we're not going to play it. We're not going to play it. We are going to play something from Barcelona. Um, and then I've got some questions about this. Uh, this is your choice. Tell us about it. Oh yeah, uh, there is this uh, collective. You know, they're from. They're originally from Ampurda, which is like Costa Brava, which is way up north in Catalonia. But they're uh, Barcelona-based now, and there's like four or five or six or seven of them. I don't really don't know. But they're, they kind of like get a name here in the city in Barcelona f- uh, for their um, special performances. They once made one called, um, listen carefully, DJ Sit, not DJ Set. So where they, well, they all sat on a festival with like stuff like, you know, all Xerox machines or IBM, you know, bang, kind of like IBM looking um, computers, like really old office stuff. And they sat there and like they play their DJ set, you know, among all these instruments. It like, they were all dressing, you know, suits and everything. Really Business nice. Business techno. Yeah. <laughs> so these guys are releasing uh, their first vinyl on next year, 2020. Uh, they've just releasing stuff on their label, which is called Mainline, and they have all these different names. And I'm want to play out the one of the tracks that I, they, they sent me for this special show, which is called Gente Triste, and it's by this guy called Young Prado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He visto gente más triste que yo llorando, bailando. That's something like I've seen sadder people than me dancing or crying. This is the claim for the song, gente triste, sad people. Which I think means you may think, I, I interpreted this, you may think you're too sad to go out dancing, but you're yeah. not, right? That's, that's like, what Be saying. optimistic, yeah. Yeah, I like that, I like so that. So that's Young Prado from the Mainlight Collective. That's coming out next year, 2020. Great, great. And you've got another local tune. I get this other local tune by another um, usual DJ here in Barcelona at Nizza, which is uh, Arnau Ubiols. Um, and he just releasing, he's been like releasing music for years now, but he just signed to Ivern Records and he's releasing this um, under this name, uh, Velmondo. Uh, one of the, one special tune to me because it reminds me of another great songwriter from the 80s in Barcelona, Catalan one, which was Enrique Barbat. And this particular tune really reminds me, I think he got some inspiration from there. I want to ask him because it's really sounding like that. And this is called like the dawn of the day. Um, no, the dawn. No, that's the dusk, right? Uh, when the day starts, that's the dawn of the day. Dawn yeah. is when it starts, yeah, dusk the, is the when dawn, it ends. I say it right. So this is called Atreng Dalva, which means the dawn. And it's by Velmondo. And it's coming out this year too in Ivern this
big up Arnau Orioles on that one. That was Belmondo. So it's been the 50th edition of Line Noise. Hope we get to 100. That would be pleasant. I never really thought we'd get to 50. Who knows? Um, basically, we were saying, what's the point of Line Noise? Well, I don't know. Hopefully, we've we've uh, amused ourselves. Hopefully, some of you have enjoyed it as well. Um, I asked some people on Twitter kind of what they thought. What was the point of music journalism? Um, it's a necessary filtering tool. That's what someone said. Um Music journalism should aim to provoke artists as often as possible so that it directly affects their work. I'm not sure if I agree about that. In fact, if I managed an artist, I'd probably tell them not to read their reviews um, after some of the very angry responses I've had. Uh, Music journalism in an age where people have so much choice and algorithms control much music discovery is uh, more important than ever. So those are some of the ideas. Um... As I say, do get in touch if you've got any ideas on anything we've said. Podcast at gmail.com. The last thing I wanted to play, something looking forward to next year. Um, I believe it's released at the end of 2019. We've been talking about the future. This is really retro, but it's kind of future. I, I love UK Garage. I love Two Step. I love sort of Baseline House or that kind of thing. This is a beautiful new work of it. It's by Sharda. It's called Replay. It's absolutely nuts. This has been Line Noise, uh, and hopefully you'll join us again in 2020.